Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, a rare double treat. Both notorious J-A-Y and charge... Wow. We talk about how the NFL news sausages made Adam Shifty Schefter backing off his original Aaron Rodgers narrative. That plus, what's the big deal if you manage a major league team and don't quite know the rules? Your bonus, uncensored, sometimes naughty, and you love it, version of me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Friday, May 7, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. So what if you're the manager of a major league team and you don't quite know the rules? Wait, what are you talking about? That's actually a big deal. In fact, I'd say if I'm hiring a manager, the first thing I want to know is you do know all the rules, right? Because to make the kind of savvy in-game adjustments and strategery to win, you kind of need to know the rules. Apparently, Tony LaRusa admitted he did not know the extra inning rule. This allowed him, uh, it would have allowed him an extra base runner to avoid using closer Liam Hendricks in a nothing nothing game against the Reds on Wednesday in Cincinnati. Hendricks had double switched into the game at the bottom of the ninth, taking the five spot in the order, which made the last out in the top of the frame. Per MLB's new rules, 
as extra innings begin, the spot in the order to make the last out in the previous inning becomes the base runner at second base. However, if that spot is occupied by a pitcher, the team has the option to use the preceding player in the batting order as the runner. In this case, it would have been Jose Abreu. Said La Russa after the one nothing loss, I did not know that. <laughs> we all thought Liam was going to be the runner. I wasn't aware Abreu could have run. I thought it was the guy that made the last out or the spot in the roster. You know, or in the order. Where were the bench coaches to say, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Where was another player that was like, hey, I know these rules. We're allowed to go and use this guy instead. I mean, when they hired Tony La Russa at age 78, I believe, the, it, a lot of people were saying, does he still have it? And maybe he does. I don't know how he's doing otherwise managing the team. I do know I'm hearing more and more grumbling from my Houston Astro buddies and friends and people on Twitter about old Dusty Baker. Apparently, Dusty Baker's managerial moves are not winning over the Astro faithful. As Doc Walker used to say all the time on Team 980, heck, I could have told you that. Dusty is a very likable guy. He's got a media fan base that is strong and will support him no matter what. He's a great interview. He is great with the older veteran players in a club in terms of making shrewd baseball moves. No, no, no. Not the guy. But for God's sakes, you got to know the damn rules. I mean, seriously. Reminds me of uh, the uh, Simpsons episode from, I believe, season one. Let's see if I can find it. Simpson rules for beer softball. <laughs> this was a funny thing from back in the day. Ah, yeah, there we go. 13-second clip. Okay, let's go over the ground rules. You can't leave first until you chug a beer. Any man scoring has to chug a beer. You have to chug a beer at the top of all odd-numbered innings. Oh, and the fourth inning is the beer inning. Hey, we know how to play softball. <laughs> I love the wig of... Hey, we know how to play softball. We know how to play softball. <laughs> so for you, Tony LaRussa, read up on the rules and be better prepared next time. All right, let's get to our double dip on a Friday, Notorious J-A-Y and Paul Chartier. Hello. Hello, Jay. How are we doing? We are doing fine. How are you doing? Doing excellent. Doing better than Tony LaRusso, who didn't know the fucking rules to baseball. Fucked up an extra inning situation. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> funny? The, sm- the smartest man ever to, you know, be a manager didn't know the new rules. <laughs> I mean, you would you would have thought that would be the first requirement, like a quiz, maybe, you know, a rules quiz, or just how about somebody else in the dugout knowing exactly what the damn new rules are, right? Well, he's got a he's got a bench coach. Yeah, he didn't know it either. Yeah, so we got to fire him. I guess so. Are you ready for a very special edition of Blossom? As we like to play, joke. Play, we got to play the CBS music that, that lets you know that the peanuts were coming on. You got to play that thing. The CBS special presentations uh, sounder? Yes. You yes. know, I actually got that. Here, let me see if it's in my... Uh, it should be somewhere popping up. Come on, let's see if the search function on my computer works. Uh, oh, ah, <laughs> yes, indeed. Are you ready for this, Jay? It'll bring you back to the olden days. 
Right? Yep. That's and it. Now for a now for a peanuts <laughs> Christmas special. Man, as a kid, if that didn't get you to go, whoa, and <laughs> what? Whoa, yeah. s- something special is coming on right now. Yeah. All right. Let, let me go ahead and uh, rope them in here. First time I think you guys have ever been together on the Zabecast. Stand by for charge, everybody. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Zabecast special edition. Charch and Jay together on the phone. Hello, boys. Jay. Oh, I I pressed merge. There it is. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Say hello to Charch. Um, Hello, Charch. (laughs) Now, Jay and I have never shared the same airwaves in any meaningful way. Now, if you go back far enough when he was your producer, Jay would call me when I was, you know, when I was going to come on and we'd chit chat for a minute and then I would come on the air, but you know, you never let Jay get in a word edgewise. So, hey, you know, hey, we don't hey, talk then. Hey, hey and, I, I don't like how this is starting out already. <laughs> a cutting right to the bone there. Mm. Oh, that one hurts. I'm sure. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, since then, our paths never cross. We never get. A, we're never allowed to be in the same place at the same time until now. Well, I he, think so, this is this is something of a power duo. I love it. Zabecast. I, we have talked many times, though. Yes, that's true. And I think both of you guys are so strong on '80s things and movies, the heartthrobs of the '80s, the video games, the music. The sports, everything. I think you guys are very much in line. Two of my strongest guys, without a doubt. Why, thank We're like you, a tag team. We're like a tag team. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I like that. Like the, the superpowers when um, Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man Savage, you know, combined. Oh yeah. Monster. There you go. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Jay. I, can I be Can I be Macho Man Savage? Can I be the guy who has never been sued for sexual harassment out of this group? <laughs> Ow. Zing. <laughs> you know, I think both of you guys are my two strongest music guys as well. And ooh, Jay, but, I don't know, I don't know if you know Church's backstory on his affinity for Prince growing up in the shadow of Prince. He's from Minnesota. It's a law. <laughs> it is a law. And not only am I from Minnesota, I'm from the same hometown where he lived for 20 you know 30 years and so you know he lived in my suburban uh minneapolis uh community called eden prairie and he um and i go back far enough i can remember jay prince going to the eden prairie center a mall that was hopelessly dead in the early 80s they built it on the outskirts of the suburbs when land was cheap and they were really planning ahead like 20 years and he would go and to the record store and just urge whoever was working at the record store to play his album so he could get some sales. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that is like, you know, the guy, uh, Steve Jobs. Try yeah. my computer. It might be good. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Isn't that, like it. isn't that crazy that that's it is. how it started? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we all have Prince stories. I mean, almost everybody who grew up in the, the 80s, especially before Prince got so big that he had to be really insular, right? He had to have bodyguards and he didn't go out a lot. We all, almost all of us have got Prince stories that grew up in that in that area. Um, and, you know, I do and a lot of other people do. And it was um, the fact that he he sort of stayed true to his roots. Minnesota's where you leave to go somewhere better. And he never left. Now, here's the difference between Charge's hometown and my hometown. He has Prince, the most famous person from my area, Tony Braxton. Hey, now. Well, that's not bad. I mean, you could do yeah. worse. Right. Is yeah, she, okay, that's true. Is she back making music? No, but if you go to her Instagram, looking pretty snickety. Oh, good. I don't doubt it. Do I, 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 doubt I, need it. To, I need to follow her. What? So, so she's not making music, but she's back in fight and shape. As she She's rounds her in way into middle yeah. age, yes. Now yeah. that tells me that she must be available. She's like no, she's like fifty three, fifty four. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Wrong yeah. with that's it. really that's that's your that's sexual called prime, my, is that's my called, understanding. It's called my age, your age, church's age. <laughs> but but I'm just right. saying, she's, that's not middle age. That's yes, it is. Of, oh, that's on the other side. Of, oh, that's that's on the other side. Of middle age. Oh. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's a good question. When, when does middle age begin, and when 40? does it end? When does it end? 40? Really? Okay. That's, mm. yeah. that's what I was told. Yeah. I mean, and you know, if, if let's say one of us was 54 years old, I think at that stage you are still in your early 50s if you're 54. You don't have Ooh. to flip to my mid-50s or just like my 50s until you get to 55. I think you can draw that out for I think you get to, I think you get four years grace period on your early 50s. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that with that. I'll take that. So are we technically old? It depends on who's listening, right? What, I mean, compared well, what to what do you call who, if right? you don't if if you can't call yourselves middle age because you're past fifty, what do you call yourself? I think we're middle aged. Okay. I think we're middle aged. But old too. but old is old is a different thing, right? You know, I remember when I when I grew up listening to sports talk radio, we had we had hosts on that were in their forties and sometimes fifties. And I'm like, those freaking dinosaurs don't know anything about anything. Yeah. You know, and they would talk about the good old days and they didn't know current music and they didn't know current movies and actors and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, those people in their forties and fifties, they're so old. It's just all about your perspective. Now that I'm one of those dinosaurs, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm that old. Well, I, yeah, neither do I. I've, I've got the mind of a 20-year-old that's regressing to my teenage years. But I was thinking 20. about uh, – well, wow. yeah. I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this <laughs> I Jay. Say, I was going to say 15. 15, <laughs> going back to 12. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about this, Jay. I was thinking about, okay, I'm 52. How many more years can I do what I do? And my thought has always been maybe 61 or 62, only because I'll lie about not being 60. 60 seems <laughs> petrified and completely fossilized and old. But then I started thinking, there are cool guys in the sports realm, media realm, and otherwise that are cool well above 61 or 62. It's a matter of attitude and everything else. Like To me, Brent Musburger, who's in his late 70s, still fucking cool. Absolutely cool. Uh, George Clooney turned 60 today. And Very he's, cool. He's dating a 30-year-old, probably. But he's absurdly I mean, handsome. He won the genetic lottery on Oh, looks. did he ever? Um, did he ever? All right, Samuel, hey, L, Samuel L. Jackson. Fairness. Is Samuel L. Jackson not cool as fuck still? 
Isn't he like 70? Absolutely. He's, yes. He's like old. Yes. Yeah. Right. Was it wasn't he the guy that was on Electric Company when it started in nineteen sixty eight? Oh, that's Morgan Freeman. That was Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, he's pretty badass too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Morgan. Other other cool but, old guys. Go. Oh God. In uh, sports. Kurt, Lee, you know, do you know how old Kurt Loder is from MTV? No. Yeah. Like, so so MTV, he was so Kurt Loder was uh, was an MTV news guy in the eighties, yes. and he looked yes. like he was in his forties then. So he's probably or thirties then. So he's got to be into his seventies now. He's seventy five. Seventy five. I saw him. They did a Tina Turner uh, documentary, and he wrote the book that What's Love Got to Do with It was based off of. And they oh. showed him, and I was like, he still looks great. Does and he look great? Mick Jagger, cool old guy. Well, the all, all the Rolling Stones are still cool, right? If you're a rock and roll legends, doesn't matter if you're like four foot two and shrunken because you're a million years old and emaciated due to all the drugs. You're still cool because you're rock stars. Do you remember the Dennis Leary bit on Keith Richards? Oh, back when Dennis Leary did stand up, his the the joke goes like this: Keith Richards was doing public service announcements about not doing drugs. To which Dennis Leary said, we can't. You did them all. (laughs) Here it is. Right now. I have the solution to the drug problem in this country. Nobody wants to hear it, but I have it. Not less drugs, more drugs. Get more drugs and give them to the right fucking people. Mm -hmm. Because every time you read about some famous guy overdosing on drugs, it's always some really talented guy. It's always like Len Bias or Janis Joplin or Jimmy. Oh, that hurts. You know what I mean? The people you want to have overdose on drugs never would. Like Motley Crue would never fucking overdose, man, never. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is not true. Nikki Six overdosed twice. It was declared (laughs) dead two different times. (laughs) Why, Why is Dennis Leary taking a shot at Motley Crue? I like Motley Crue. Because they're they're a hair band, and he's not a hair band guy. Interesting. Is Motley Crue is Motley Crue cooler than Nickelback? Oh, everybody's yeah. cooler than Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback. Come on. Okay. Uh, here's here, okay. Here's before another. Off Motley Crue. I'm not wait, off wait, wait, Motley before... Crue. I got to get one more comparison. Is and uh, right. Nickelback versus um oh I can't think of their name now. It'll come to me. Go ahead, Charge. All right, there is a, a fascinating book by Motley Crue's lead guy, Nikki Six. Now, what's fascinating about it is in the throes of his drug addiction for one year, he, wa- he kept a diary while he was taking heroin every day, and he kept a diary. And wow. years later, he's rummaging through his attic, and at this point, he's clean years later. And he's already died. He'd already gone through the two times he OD'd and died, was declared dead. Comes back from the dead, finds the book, doesn't remember a word of it. And here's the fascinating part. He goes back with the book and he reads through the every single entry is in the book. And then he went to the people who he who he had referenced in the book. And he would then say to these people, Okay, what's your version of this? And it would be totally different than his version when he was all whacked out on heroin. And they were like, you were such an asshole. We got, you were just a great A, dick. Nobody wanted and And, of course, the diary is nothing like that because it's, you know, it's, he's all fucked up on heroin. And Made sense to a, him. 
It is a great, it's a great read. It's called the heroin diaries and it's one year of him deep in the throes of his heroin addiction. And it's great. Oh, and, right. and David, you were going to say Coldplay, weren't you? Yes, I was. How'd you know? Are you I reading my it. mind? Cause, cause, it's very cause impressive. That, that's, that's the two bands that everybody likes to make fun of. Yeah. And so which I, ones? I like two like Coldplay. So I'll take Coldplay over Nickelback any day. Do you, like, do you like Sky Full of Stars? I, again, I will take Coldplay over Nickelback it's, any day. It's soft. But you know what? If you access your sentimental side... This is a great montage song. If you want to make yeah. a video montage charge of your kids, you know, for graduation or their <laughs> wedding, you see, you put it to this sky full of stars, and it's an absolute home run. Tears flowing throughout the ballroom, but it's soft. But but, but they're 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 my, Nickelback is a bunch of posers. Okay, they are. They're and total I, yeah. poser. Okay, yeah. but about, what about the great strip club song, "Something in Her Mouth"? Do you know that whoa, song? Whoa. That, that's not the great strip. The greatest strip club song ever is "Oh Girls, Girls, Girls." Ah, this one's oh, this yeah. one's pretty close. I think this is a banger. By the way, I might have to make this my banger rejoin on the morning show and see what people say about it. Listen, they say it's over budget, but you pay her just to touch it. Come on. Take a listen to the lyrics. The lyrics are that about song, a stripper. Hold on. That song is not better than Girl, Girl, Girl. Screen and shoot a little scene of Hollywood and call sheep. You got me for your holler. Come on. Come on. Now, now coming to the main stage, Candy. <laughs> main stage, main girl, stage, girl, Mandy, girl. please. Side stage, all, side stage, kid. <laughs> right. It's all over. Motley Crue starts playing, you know you're for a good time. You know what? If it wasn't Nickelback, and if the song wasn't such a cheesy stripper song, the actual beat charge fucking slaps. Let's be honest, man. This is a meaty banger of a rock song. I wouldn't know what a stripper song sounds like. <laughs> oh. Your wife, your wife is a listening charge. <laughs> she might be. She might be. Okay. Who knows? Who okay. knows? I, in, in, in reality... I really don't have much of any interest in in strip joints unless the gal I'm with, I mean, now it'd be my wife, but, you know, younger in my younger days, girlfriend, if she's into it, then I'm into it because it's way more fun. And the girls would so much rather, the dancers would so much rather interact with her than interact with the guy. How do you know that if you've never been there? I know I know that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Funny. He seems will, to know a lot more you. about what he doth protest about. <laughs> but right. let's let's leave that behind. Let me finish the Dennis okay. Leary thing, and I'm going to pivot on the oh, on yeah. the actual topic of that. drugs here. Here we go. I got a room with two tons of crack. Take him out a half an hour later. Oh, God. Shit, they're still alive. Fuck. They're probably going to make a double live album now. God damn it. I take music pretty seriously. She had a scar on my wrist. You see that? You know what that's from? <laughs> I heard the Bee Gees were getting back together again. I couldn't take it, okay? So you couldn't oh, make that you couldn't make that joke now because suicide you can't joke about it. One of the Bee Gees. Oh, no. One down, three to go. That's what I say, folks. Oh, oh. another one you couldn't make now. Yeah, here's no. ten bucks. Bring me the head of Barry Manilow, all right? I want to drink beer out of his empty head. I want to have a Barry Manilow skull keg party at my apartment, okay? You write the songs, we'll drink the beer out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did you I, – I, I don't know if you heard about this, but, well, of course, the Kirk thing came up again 
in the last week, Charge, and I had to talk to you about it oh. because the oh, yeah. by the way, greatest line ever on any Zabe show. That made me. St- I was mowing the lawn and I heard the line oh, but, but, and I stopped. Don't and say it. Over in laughter. I'm All right. Say it. Okay. Say here it we now. go. Do Do you know what Fred Smoot, the great former Redskin, <laughs> former Viking boat captain, once said about Kirk Cousins and those who like Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Charge? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm bracing myself because it's Fred. Here's what – Fred is the best. Here's what he said this week in the, the podcast. By the way, right. back to Kirk and RG3. Did you see this, RG3? Hayden. All of a sudden. Kellen Mond, Robert, what do we think of the player here? And then going to a situation <laughs> Good luck there, Robert. where training camp, <laughs> Who's doing he's this going hair? to look more physically right. impressive than the starter that's standing there. Is he in Minnesota now? Kirk Cousins. What do we no. think of the spot where is he? Where is he? He's looking for work. He's on yes. TV. He got yes. waived by the Ravens, or his yeah. contract yeah. Oh, he ran, out. ran out. He wants redo. to still play. Look, here's he, the he deal. He called out the 49ers. He told the 49ers he's the best person to train Trey Lance on how to be a quarterback. And I was what? like, I don't know where the hell you get that from. About, uh, yeah, that I brother's can tell mouth you right gets so, him in trouble so much. So here, listen to this. This is what he says about Kirk. And Kellen Mond, by the way, Kellen Mond is a project. He's, yes. Kel- he's Colin Kaepernick. Kellen he's, Mond? Yes, he's built like no, him. Really? He's no, robotic no, like him in the way he throws no. the ball. He's a programmed quarterback. Right. He's Same Texas A&M. He okay. athletic as, uh, there we go. as Kirk as uh, yeah, Kellen Kaepernick. probably not real happy right now uh, because Kellen Mond represents exactly what he doesn't do well, right? Kellen Mond's the, the big physical quarterback. He can run it, throw it all over the field. Um, and I don't think that that's something that number eight is able to do. Uh, number in eight. In Minnesota. Uh, bitter much? Yeah, he's the bitter. Staff and the administration is, is looking for, should I say, the organization is looking for. Uh, Mund had a lot of inconsistencies in, in his game, and the biggest thing uh, last year was, like uh, like Connor talked about, he actually improved drastically, but some NFL evaluators looking over the course of all the years of his starts at Texas A&M, they're still a little skeptical about him. But I, I would tell you this, with great determination and great coaching, I think this is a guy that could be a real riser uh, over the course of his career. And as you see, you know, uh, Cousins has been collecting checks there in Minnesota for a long time. Oh, 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 oh boy. boy. That's what he uh, does, though. He has a bad start to <laughs> the year. That's what he does. That is what he does. He stabbed him in the back right there. He stabbed him in the back. You know what? Look, okay, Robert, I get You know what? I pulled the wrong damn bite. He said, you got to get off the Kirk Kane, Zabe. <laughs> He Kirk called Kane? it. Yes, yes, he he called people that are big Kirk fans. Uh, Kirk Kane. What the hell is that? Hurricane? What? what like you know like it's like cocaine. No. Cocaine. Oh, like we're taking co. Oh, Kirk Kane. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Listen. You're talking about cashing empty checks. He's been cashing Ooh. checks sitting on the bench for five years. Kirk is playing and getting his ass handed to him behind a horrible offensive line. Dude is getting destroyed back there. He's earning his paychecks, unlike a backup quarterback who was just sitting back there collecting and collecting his checks without ever having to face a rush. Even Jay, you got to admit it was a pretty, it was a pretty weak, it was a pretty weak shot from RG three. Who's clearly better. Oh, it was. Yeah. No, no. And for somebody who I who I don't like at all is Robert Griffin. The, the the when he called him number eight, I'm like, <laughs> like he didn't on. know his name, like he right, doesn't right. know the name of the guy who beat him out. So is is Kellen Mond really in danger of being a threat to Kirk? I heard they actually told oh, no. him they said we're taking a quarterback, which is what the Packers did. did not do with Aaron Rodgers. 
The Packers gave a lesson to every other team and how to manage your starter when you're going to draft a quarterback. And it wasn't lost on the Vikings. And Kellen Mond's not ready. And frankly, I don't know if he ever will be ready. I don't think he's a great prospect. I think he's going to take he'll take a lot of time if he ever comes gets to be an NFL starter. He looks to me like a backup grade quarterback. And I hope I hope someday I sound like a fool for saying it. But that's how that's how I see his skill set. Jay, I don't think, you know. Yeah, go go ahead. No, I was going to say, coming into next year's draft, the quarterback position is going to take a a dip so low. I, I saw ah. Todd McShay doing. I saw Todd McShay doing his twenty twenty two or whatever. There's and he nobody. Had, he, he had Keaton Slovis. I'm a. There's no bigger USC fan on the face of the earth than me. You are. And Keaton Slovis sucks. He yeah. stinks. He's not. He's not an NFL but, quarterback. But somebody said, I forget who said this, is that you watch. By the time we get to this square on the board next year, there'll be four or five guys right there near the top because Zach Wilson wasn't this high right. a year ago. Right. right. It's true. It Trey Lance was way. not people, this high a year ago. No. Trey Lance was like maybe second round guy. They float up no, now because really. No. Okay. He, he was, yeah, almost nobody even knew who he was at this time last year. If you're in a fantasy league and you, you've got a dynasty league that you recommend, by the way, you recommend recommend Empire Leagues, right, Church? I do. That's so, the dynasty variant that we highly recommend. Have Where? You heard, have you heard of these, uh, Jay, these Empire Leagues? No. Empire See, League? Regular that? dynasty league, you keep all the players all the time, right? So, you know, you draft Jerry Rice, you could hold them for 20 years. Um, Empire League, what you do is it's a dynasty league, but... Every year, the winners only get half of the pot, and the other half of the pot rolls over year to year, waiting for somebody to win back-to-back years, and then that person cashes out that year's pot, the rolling pot, and the league disbands. It's over. You are the champion. You have won the Empire League, and because you never get a true champion in fantasy football in a regular league. All you get is who won last year. This, in the Empire League, you get a true champion of the league, and we disband the league, and you are the winner forever. Who wow. thought of this one? Because that's brilliant. I did. I thank you. Yes. I thank there you very you much. That's, that's so, that brilliant. So how many years have you heard of Empire Leagues going until somebody um, finally hit the jackpot? There are, there are several that have been around for all of the, like, 10 years since I invented it. And there are a few that, that he actually cashed out in year two where somebody won it right okay. back, you know, back to back right away. But we think the average is about five or six years for an Empire League to hit its winner. And then, you know, five or six years, if you have an average of a hundred dollar payout, that's a five thousand dollar event oh. for the winner. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's real money. Yeah. Oh, that'll focus the attention. Jay, I'd like to do a league like this with you, but the problem is we have to find ten other reliable guys that we want to actually be involved with for possibly 10 years to pay up we couldn't get guys that pay up in the same station i know so there's no there's no way okay well wait here's the beauty of the empire pot the empire league because you've got this investment in the pot nobody wants to walk away from it so nobody quits nobody doesn't pay because they all want they've got they've got so much of their own money sitting in that pot they won't leave and they actually they actually try and by the way one last thing on the empire league format when Jay is the current winner and there's 11 other teams gunning for him, oh. it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun to be Jay, Stop Jay when you know 11 yep. other players are spending their whole season trying to beat you. Yeah. So is there a quarterback worth drafting 
in a ongoing dynasty league, empire league of the rookies that could actually give you something this year. Those running rookies right off the bat, and 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 Trevor Lawrence too. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw. He's going to run touchdowns. Jay, I think. Run a few in, right? Jay, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the white cam for the first couple of years of his career, running a lot of power Trevor stuff, Lawrence, goal Trevor. line stuff, uh, and as long as he doesn't get busted up, he could be pretty good. I'm taking the Ohio State quarterback, and I'm taking Trey Lance. Okay, as my if I was drafted. Yep, you want the running quarterback. By the way, Justin Fields. Where's Jake Fromm, by the way? Shit. Ah, he's, he's in the league. He's out of football. Yeah, couldn't, or, beat or, out Jake, couldn't beat out Jake Fromm at Georgia, but Jake Fromm, not in the league. That's There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, the Bears could have their guy if he turns out to be good. It could be one of the great overlooks of uh, in draft history. We shall see. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Let's move on to this, uh, I think, backtracking by Adam Schefter a bit on whether or not Aaron Rodgers purposely leaked the information a week ago to blow up the Packers draft as revenge for what they did to him a year ago in drafting Jordan Love. Basically, Schefter says, well, there was nothing that happened on that day that caused me to report it. It was just an accumulation of things. And essentially he said, you know, I figured out that it was going to break eventually. So why not report it then? Did you hear Schefter's explanation? And what do you think about how the news 
is made by these insiders in the NFL. Well, you don't think that, that Aaron Rodgers' people called every NFL insider and gave them a little nugget? But but Schefter insisted that it didn't come from Rodgers' agent. It didn't. Okay. I, I have the backstory on this. You That's know right. I'm at the epicenter of this, right? Yeah, because basically on the day of the draft last week, Paul Allen, who Charge works with there, K-Fan, voice the of the Vikings. The great Paul Allen. The great yeah, Paul Allen. Great yes. Yeah. Uh, he said, I got a great scoop. I got some real steam on the Niners calling the Packers saying, we want Rodgers and offering up a boatload. Take and, it from there, Charge. And, and Rodgers wanted the deal done. So Paul, who's very good friends with Adam Schefter because of fantasy basketball, by the way. Oh, my God. And, you know. When we have Schefter, Schefter on, Schefter always said that he wanted to cover the NBA. He's always yes. said that. Well, good. Yeah, I'd he, love to help him yeah. go do that because I have no use for him. <laughs> so, um, so Paul calls Schefter, and Schefter basically uh, says, "You know, let me look into this," and calls Paul back or texts Paul back and says it's legit. And so, you know, and that, and then five hours later. Schefter's on NFL Live on ESPN at two o'clock telling the whole story about, you know, everything that ended up happening. So Paul really put that whole thing in motion by tipping him off that of that the 49ers had made this but move and that and that Rogers was receptive. He to now insists Schefter now insists that it was not Rogers camp that leaked it, which is important it, to the I, narrative. I that's true. OK, but it's important to the narrative in Wisconsin and in Green Bay because the fan narrative is not very kind to Rodgers if he intentionally blew up draft day. He's perceived as a diva, as somebody who is out of control, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a pretty significant thing. Here's Schefter talking to Dan Patrick today. Calling you throughout the course of the offseason, there was rarely a week that went by where I didn't hear something about Aaron Rodgers. And on draft day, there's a report that morning from Paul Allen out in Minneapolis that the 49ers made a draft offer, which they didn't make an offer. They never made an offer. And other people are saying that the 49ers called. And I said, how long till it gets out that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay? Is it next week? Is it next when he doesn't show to the OTAs? Is it next month when he isn't? It's going to come out. What does it matter if it comes out now or next week or next month? And so. So you chose to break the news on draft day. That is actually that is absolutely accurate. Correct. But it wasn't something that you got information about. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, and it was nothing that morning that came in. Okay. All of a sudden said to me, yeah, he wants out. You should report this. Like, it, it was going on all off season. So that's his stance. Okay. So let me give you, let me give you how, and I, I'm trying to be careful here with what I, you know, what I can say, what I should say, what I believe to be the case. I think Rodgers wasn't trying to blow up the Packers draft. I think other teams and other people were trying to blow up the Packers draft by leaking information to Paul on draft day. Interesting. Paul, Paul announces it on the air. It picks up steam, you know, goes to Schefter. And the next thing you know, some other people's plan to blow up the Packers draft just worked. And add all but of this turmoil. How would the it draft. blow up their draft by them panicking and then taking a bunch of other guys they wouldn't take, assuming Rodgers was not going to be there? Maybe. 
or oh. just the distraction or whatever, right? Jay, you what know, do you I, think? You know, what do you think of Schefter, Jay? I, I, no, I don't think Schefter's a liar. So I, I kind of believe him. I, I think Schefter is a is a a guy of high principle. Okay, so I believe him. What What but, do you think of my, him saying? About, what do you think about journalism, in which he says, "Well, everyone knew this for a long time, and I figured it's going to come out sooner or later. So, boom, why not now?" That doesn't sound like news. That doesn't sound like he had a story. It sounds like he had a narrative that he was sitting on. But everybody wants to be first. So he can now say, Paul Allen break it on draft? So he can say, I was the first one to break it. Okay, but if he he said there wasn't a day that went by in the offseason where there weren't stories about this. So in other words, he risked not being first for days and weeks. And then suddenly on draft day, he decides to break it. I guess it goes to the whole thing about how the NFL sausage, the news sausage is made. And it's a mixture like real sausage. It's a lot of spare parts. It's uh, hog snouts and pig's feet and, you know, whatever they left of the pig, put it up in a casing, throw some mustard on it and call it a day. It's agents lying and leaking to these useful guys like Schefter and King and others. It is GMs doing the same thing. It's disgruntled players feeding stuff in their ear. Some of it's true, and it's all in the mix. It's not hard information, because whenever there's a big story in the NFL, I guarantee you all these guys miss it. You're like, well, nobody had that one. Hmm. I, I do, I, well, my, my question, I meant to text you this question, Dave. Aaron Rodgers has no upper hand in this. He can either he can well no no he's not going to get the Jeopardy job so enough with that pipe dream. You can sit out and your talent can diminish as long as you sit out. The, the Packers don't have to do anything. Just like Deshaun Watson, he has no upper hand. Uh, and you, 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 <clears throat> no, you, you just here. You, if I was the Packers, I would let him sit and shut the hell up, and he can go okay. on with Shalene Woodley <laughs> and go live a great life. In California. Okay. And how do the Packers win? They've got a, a roster that is paid up to the eyeballs that is but supposedly the, the loaded for a Super Bowl run, and if they don't have Rodgers, they're not going to the Super Bowl. No chance. But now the fans can go, fuck Rodgers. See what he did to us? Well, I'll take losing. I'll, I'll take for a – Oh, oh can you hang a banner on that? Can you hang a banner <laughs> on that time we told Rodgers to go fuck himself? What does that banner look I, like? I, Where do you I hang it? the Packers – I think the Packers come out looking better for telling Rogers to go at okay. himself and sit out if you want to. Okay. I'm going to introduce you to what I call the Captain Phillips rule in sports. Always <laughs> know who the real captain of the ship is. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Captain That's now. Somali pirate. He didn't have a captain's license. He wasn't uh, flagged to actually <laughs> pilot the ship. You know what he did? He had a fucking gun that was ready to blow Captain Phillips's head clean off. So, therefore, he was the captain. Rogers is the Somali pirate. He's the captain right now. Now, he doesn't have the strongest of hands, but if he's willing to go the distance, he has... He, got, he has to now. He has well, to that's the out. thing. That's the thing. Is he willing to see it through? And so... I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he's going to sort of slink back on this once June comes and the uh, only mini camp he's required to go to, or maybe not. But I know another phrase I think about a lot when it comes to a guy like Rodgers, who is highly competitive and highly vindictive, fuck around and find out. Ever hear that phrase? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If the Packers want to fuck around and find out, they may find out, oh, shit. He did retire. Or it could be a fake retirement, Jay, like the Favre thing, a temporary retirement. I don't know. Mark, 
Mark, Mark Murphy ain't no chump. We both know that. Well, he let this happen again. See, I think the Packers are in a shitty position, Charge, that they should have never been in. I don't know what Viking fans think. Well, for Viking fans, this is a cla- this is a, a perfect case of, uh, how do you say it? Sh- Schadenfreude. Sh- sh- Schadenfreude or whatever. Right. Uh, we, for once, you know, we have been in quarterback hell for the better part of really since basically Fran Tarkington retired, right. you know, and so to see a team that's had 27 whoa, whoa, whoa. years of Hall of Fame. Exactly. Sean Don't forget Sean Salisbury as well. <laughs> and <laughs> Salisbury. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Tavares Jackson. And, oh. you know, we, we have languished. And so there is How about a, Mr. There Sam is... Ponder? Don't forget him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Right, now, Jay, now, we, Jay, now yeah. we're just piling on right now. So, I know. So we're going, we're going for, it's like wrestling. We're going for the top rope. <laughs> JR is like, oh, my God. You can't oh be God. saying this. He's dead already. Oh He's broken oh to God. pieces. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, I, I, I just think that they're in a spot they shouldn't be in right now. I, my feeling is, and this is Game of Thrones nerdy, Charge. The Packers have a dragon. They're one of six teams that have one, basically. Never surrender your dragon, ever. Uh, I don't think they will, and I think they're going to put I, – I think Jay is right that he, that Rodgers doesn't have any leverage, and the team's going to know that, and they're not going to surrender it. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to give in to this, and they're going to they're gonna force his hand. And keep in mind, he would have to give back – not only will he lose the money he would have made this year, which is 20-some-odd million dollars – there's a 30 some odd million dollars. Uh, he would also have to give back a prorated part yeah, of his yeah, yeah. bonus. Maybe. He'd have to go into his Maybe. bank account. Maybe. That's that is that stuff by, matters. By and, the back of the monopoly box, he would have to, but getting that money is a whole different thing. And there's more money on the other side of it. What are you laughing at, Jay? No, no, no. I'm no, I'm la- I'll I'll let after you're done because I have a question for both of you. So yeah. go ahead. No, but I you look, it, it, it's I would not fuck around with this guy. Seriously, he will surprise why you. Why nah. would you? What do you mean, why not? Look, winning in sports is so damn hard. Getting these quarterbacks who are generational, it's, it involves so much luck, which is where I think yeah. the Packers brass is delusionally out of their fucking skis here, thinking they can just make another one because they were smart to draft Jordan Love and let him sit around a while. That's fucking stupid, but they'll find out soon enough. So I, I think that you don't sacrifice a possible run of the Super Bowl to prove a point or to say, well, we're establishing the team first and we're not going to cave to one guy. Fuck that. Use as much of Aaron Rodgers as you can. He'll be good for another two or three years. I would well, okay, be willing wait, to wait, bet. Wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you even execute that? You're going to go – you got to go – trade Jordan Love so I, he's not intimidated by Jordan Love? I, 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 How do you you're saying put the genie back the, in the bottle? Did the, did the Patriots when to. the Patriots had to choose between Garoppolo and an aging Brady, where did they choose? Brady. Thank you. They chose Brady and they traded Garoppolo. So you're are you is that the, the solution? The, the, the only mind? the only problem is like now I don't know who would be in the market for Jordan Love because it's sort of like, you know, a, a custom Pontiac GT you ordered that's orange and it has white cream leather seats and it's got different, you know, features and trim. It's like, I don't, didn't really want that, you know. I mean, who else wanted Jordan Love? He didn't play a snap this past year. No. So you don't even know what he is. He's still in bubble wrap, but teams make their own evaluations and their own timeline. I don't know what he'd get in return, a third-round pick? Not a first. I know that. 
No, not what you gave up for him. That's for sure. All right. And Jay, no, and and yeah, nobody would have made that draft pick to begin with. It was weird. It was and then they traded up to make it. It's a bit of a reach. Uh, Jay, you got the last word. Go. Well, no, no. For for years and years, for at least fifteen years, I've been laughing at everyone who doesn't have a quarterback. While I sat there yeah, with, with my gun. quarterback, who was really good, but now I see I see what's coming up ahead. How do you come to grips with your team sucking? It's tough. The Steelers, the Steelers are going to suck in like two years. I, this is what I get. Uh, this year. By the way, that's this year. Heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, well, I. Yeah. Well, you know, no, no. They'll be 500. <laughs> which, and by the way. Which Mike is Tomlin sucking for the Steelers. With Mike Tomlin has never had a, a an under 500 record ever, which is amazing. Yeah. But I don't know how to come to grips with this now. Well, Jay, this is another thing I've been screaming to my listeners. I'm like, do you see what the Patriots are doing right now? They drafted Mac Jones. They hope he's going to be good. He's got the worst body any quarterback ever in the first <laughs> round. He's got a bank manager body. He's like a principal walking down the hallway to bust up some kids drinking beers in the gymnasium. It's like, that guy? I said, the Patriots are out in the woods looking for a quarterback, eating mushrooms and drinking cupped water out of their hands from a dirty creek. And the Saints, charge, the Saints are going to be in that same spot this year with Jameis. Mark my that, words. That, yes. Oh no. You think that, uh, that's been the Vikings for 30 years, right? Is you, you draft some crap quarterback, then you put all your hopes and dreams into him. And then three years later you go, well, that sucked. And now you just repeat that cycle again. When you're that on the is, outside, it is yep. not fun. And that's your one quarterback change away from it. So don't get cocky oh. kid. As uh, Han no. Solo said to Luke Skywalker in uh, star Wars. All right, boys, we bounce out. To Nickelback, something in your mouth. Candy, candy, stage one, please. Candy. Charge, <laughs> great to talk to you. Jay, as always, thank you for your time, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye, Jay. Bye, Bye Zave. All right, see, see you, boys. couple of odds and ends on the way out the door today. You know, my guy Jay, who criticized the guest lineup, emailed me back saying, oh, I, I heard that I had taken some heat from some other listeners. And he said, look, I just wanted to give you feedback. And I told him, I go, Jay, you and I are coup de la. I was never mad at you. I'm not mad at you now. And I do appreciate your feedback. I honestly didn't take it in any sort of way. I wasn't like, Arr. it was the listeners who were like, fuck that guy. So I made sure to tell him that that's where he and I stand. Now, here's this. I got an email from one Peter Shilitsky. 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 S-C-H-E-L-I-T-Z-C-H-E. Shilitsky. Peter Shilitsky, I believe. He writes, I love how you go off the rails on another political rant. Do you remember the last press secretary? LOL. Get a grip, Slingblade. All right, Slingblade. All right. So I guess he didn't like me talking about secretary, uh, press secretary Jen Psaki and her handing out cookies to the media. Maybe I didn't make it clear enough. First of all, all of these press secretary press interactions. They're all puppet shows. That's what they are. They really have nothing to do with the actual governance of the nation. Although I do think it'd be better if the media was as hostile to Democrats as they were to Trump. I mean, the Trump pressers 
uh, with uh, McEnany. I mean, she she was just under siege right away, and she went right back at them and assigned them homework and showed them slideshows, and it was very combative. This is the exact opposite. These The media now is rolling over to have their tummies rubbed because there's a Democrat in the White House. But my criticism mainly was on the media, not so much Pisaki herself. I think she is... You know, she is she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do, which is say nothing up there and uh, pretend to give access to the media to the president who doesn't himself actually give him give access to the media. But whatever. He he doesn't really refute what I said about how inappropriate it is uh, and embarrassing for the media to take home baked cookies from the press secretary of the president and would never happen under the old administration. They'd, They'd swear they were poisoned. But he, instead of refuting me, per se, he just says, remember the last press secretary to change the subject, and then slings an insult, calling me sling blade. I, I think it was an insult. I, maybe it was a compliment. So I got the email, and I stroked my chin. I thought, all right, I don't want to respond. Do I write him back an angry email? Do I try to put him in his place? Do I call him names? And then I was like, yeah, I just don't even respond. And then I'm like, actually, you know what? Respond, but respond with the most minimal, blasé response you can muster. And that was, okay. Now, okay, in the context of an email, can be interpreted a lot of ways. You know, the inflection, okay, okay, or okay, okay. A lot of different ways. I just replied, okay. And then I sat back and I waited. Oh, fish on the line. Here we go. Peter responded to that with the following. 15-year listener of your content, I'm now done. Okay? Question mark. (laughs) Got him! (laughs) That is so great. He wanted me to wind up with a big old email back and get into some kind of argument, I guess. He didn't like my simple, okay, all right, all right. You, you, you said you didn't like the political rant, you made a reference to the last press secretary, then call me Slingblade. Okay. <laughs> 15 years, I'm now done. <laughs> okay. So what did I respond to that? I couldn't stop there. I responded back with, fine. (laughs) I have not heard a response back from Peter on that. But hey, Peter, if you're out there listening, and I'm now looking, oh, look at this. Peter has has definitely emailed me before. He's called me Slingblade before as well. Look at that. Okay, yeah, there you go. Another one. I'm going back to uh, Thursday, January 7th. Oh, after the insurrection. Hey, Slingblade, I've been a one percenter for the last 15 years, even though you've blocked me on Twitter for some reason. I spit out my coffee on today's podcast when you stated he was rolling along, meaning Trump with 75 million votes, 10 million more than 2016, yada, 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 yada. And he said, well, 80 million voted for the other guy because they didn't want Trump in office anymore. Mind-blowing, I know. All right. And I complimented him. He sent me pictures of his bar tabletop. And I said, absolutely lovely. What room is that going in at your house? 
So there was that exchange. Um, we talked about the movie Joy. That was back in 2016. I mean, we've got a, we've got a long history here, Mir and Pete. I don't know why he'd suddenly be done just because I said okay. Anyway, what are you going to do? Madrid's anti-lockdown leader, Isabel Diaz Ayuso, has leapt from relative obscurity to a clear-cut election victory to lead Spain's most important region with a campaign slogan, simply, communism or freedom. She is now a key rival to the prime minister. There is a Fauci impersonator, and he is good. You, you're very good. I don't know who this guy is, but he's got him nailed. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because (laughs) frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, Ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than that. That's a great impersonation right there. So sad, though, that the guy will be on, I'm sure, the weekend news shows to say who knows what now. Somebody pointed out there is a doll. There's a Fauci doll. And the zinger to it was, yeah, pull the string on it. It says something different every time. Insane but true, Joe Biden's restaurant relief plan would put those currently owned by white men at the back of the line for help solely due to their skin color and gender. What, what, is this an onion? No, this is, this is real. My only hope is that a lot of liberal Democrat restaurant owners who desperately need that money, who happen to be white males, oh, I hope they get it good and hard because this is the insanity they voted for. The old school Soviet Union is not dead yet. Apparently, various community Facebook groups have been set up to gossip about people who have been visiting other people's houses during the lockdown. Talk about petty authoritarianism and snitch culture in action. Of course, one of the first replies, and who knows if it was a Chinese bot, said what? People being held to account for their actions is now snitching? Uh, Yeah, when it's citizens spying on other citizens and then reporting it to the government, that's, yeah, that's snitching. Speaking of Facebook, they upheld their ban of Donald Trump after his appeal. Twitter now says they're going to ban accounts that repost any screenshot or any messages Trump might have on his personal websites. So we're in a full Soviet information suppression regime now with these digital giant platforms like Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And the argument has been made, well, they're private, you know, they're private things. They can do what they want. Of course, it's pretty amazing that a private baker has been forced, has lost every court case on up the line about baking a cake for a gay couple. The baker has to bake a gay couple a cake, but Facebook does not have to let 
the duly elected former president a spot at all on their platform. uh, Pretty interesting. So why not just quit these platforms? Well, the Twitter account Political Math, I think, puts it out as follows. This is a very good point. He says, here's my gripe with the don't Facebook, don't use it crowd. My church runs their small groups through Facebook. Our local buy nothing groups all run on Facebook. Ooh, buy nothing. What would that be? Like, you just let people borrow stuff? That's a good idea, actually. Of course, I like buying things. And then returning them. I know. So does our all so does all of our community organizing for school advocacy, both pro-opening and anti-opening. So, well, stop bitching about Facebook and just intentionally divorce yourself from how your local community functions, quote unquote. That's the argument being made by some to those who are like, hey, this is ridiculous. We're getting fucked here. If we say, writes Polymath on Twitter, that Facebook can ban people, then we're saying it's not a public square. But it's not a public square, some would say. Well, then introduce legislation banning all government entities from interfacing with Facebook. It's inappropriate for them to use a tool that blocks their constituents based on their political opinions. In other words, no more school board announcements through Facebook. No more town hall meetings can be posted through Facebook. They may not stream live through Facebook. There should be zero government response or presence on Facebook whatsoever. No more Facebook voting drives, which discriminate against those who are banned. I don't think he's wrong. I think there's a real problem there. Every organization rushed into the platform and is using it because the platform is powerful to connect people. They rushed in 10 years ago when they had no idea this was coming. Could have never imagined this was coming. And now here we are. So what are we going to do about it? I don't know. I really don't. I don't use Facebook. I got off of that shit a long time ago. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying it so doesn't fit what I like to see. It's too it's too complicated, all the different privacy settings. It's too messy of a visual interface for me. It's too overwhelming. I don't like the advertising that's pushed through it. I don't like seeing people I'm not really friends with and their wonderful perfect vacations and their overachieving kids shoved in my face. Don't need it, don't want it, and I sure as fuck don't need the politics all the time. But if you do have a string trimmer I could borrow, or you want to borrow mine on a buy nothing group, well then, yeah, that would be great actually, but I ain't gotten on Facebook, just not. And then we end on something fun and light. Dateline Chicago, boy four years old, accidentally buys $2,600 worth of SpongeBob popsicles on Amazon. Actually, it was not in Chicago. It was in Brooklyn. He went a little overboard by buying nearly $3,000 worth of non-refundable popsicles of SpongeBob SquarePants. Of course, what happened was a graduate school friend of the little boy's mom told the New York Post that she set up a GoFundMe account on Monday to help cover the chilling cost. And according to the crowdfunding page, the truly adorable SpongeBob diehard named Noah had received almost double the amount of money they were out on the fa- on the popsicles from Amazon. That, my friends, is what you call winning. 
these are fancy popsicles too. They got gumdrops for eyeballs and they look just like the adorable sponge that lives under the sea. So there you go. Dang old internet. Click, 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 click. Get a hold of mommy's credit card. And next thing you know, you got a whole shipment of popsicles coming your way. You would have thought something in the algorithm in the software would have caught that and said, you know what? I don't think this is real. Let's flag this and see what's going on. Nope. Ship the popsicles. And how do they keep them cold, by the way? I guess a lot of dry ice. Who knows? That'll be it for me today and for this week. What a great week we had. Thank you so much for being part of the ZabeCast Nation. Do rate and review if you get two seconds. It helps with our algorithmic overlords. Recommend to a friend as well. And I appreciate all the support. You can always email me. And I may respond with a simple okay. But don't let it trigger you. All right? Life is short. We can all get along here even when we disagree. Okay? Good. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. And we will... See you Monday. Race horse or workhorse between the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby, there's no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of and win cash at mybookie.ag. Predict who will go first or last in the NFL draft and everything in between. Will it be Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson to the Jags? If you've got a feeling, you can cash in on this and make much more money at mybookie. And make sure you hit up the website May 1st for some freebies because they're celebrating the 2021 Kentucky Derby with a host of free games. Games, spins, and chips available throughout the day in the MyBookie Casino. Whether you're looking for a legit blackjack experience fit with live dealers or just looking to bet on the next big event, there's only one place to do it. That's MyBookie. Sign up now with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code ZABE to get your free deposit and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And get paid with my bookie.